I recently attended an online seminar for clergy about the future of the church in general. Specifically, what's it going to look like once we get through the pandemic on the other side? This was one of those semi-mandatory seminars that my district superintendent had invited me and my colleagues in the Charlotte area to attend. And so I always go into these things with mixed emotions. Maybe you can relate when you have to attend seminars at work or do certain projects at school that your teacher wants you to do. I was excited to learn something new to see about what experts think about what the church is going to look like post-pandemic, after the pandemic. But I often find sometimes when you go to these seminars too, basically the underlying message is you're doing everything wrong and you're going to have to do a lot of work to change things. And so the cynic in me attended as well. Well, long story short, it ended up being a great seminar. I learned a lot and I come back from that seminar, came back from that seminar with a great deal of hope uh, and joy based upon our time in the frontier. Uh, South Park Church, we've been off campus for the last three and a half years as we're rebuilding our new campus that we're getting ready to move into. And we're in the midst of this series, The Final Frontier, and some exciting things that I learned that are predicted for the future of the church. Some of that stuff we're already doing, and I just want to share that with you today. Uh, the speaker shared six or seven things that stuck out to me, and one of them was that the church is going to be out in the community, more of a home church feel, more of a community church feel, and that's exactly what we've been doing for the last three and a half years. We've worshiped in a movie theater, we've met with our groups in homes and coffee shops and YMCAs and all over the place, and that's been really good for us. And I know we're moving back into our campus that we can't wait to move into, but also think that there's room for us to continue to be out in the community, especially the Apex South Park community, where our church is going to be in the center of all of these shops and restaurants and uh, cool things that are happening. It's going to give us a, an opportunity to be in the building, but also outside the building. And that's the future of the church. And we've already been living that for three and a half years. Another thing for the church of the future is an online presence. A, a digital ministry. And the fact that you're watching this right now says that we have made some steps in the right direction. Uh, we, we formerly had our, our online messages online, but with the advent of COVID, we've put the whole worship service online. And, and that's been exciting. And some of you have come to the church since then. We're so glad to have you with us. And we're going to keep live streaming once we're in the new campus. We're going to shift to a live stream of both of our worship services on Sunday morning. And I think it's just the beginning of what our digital online ministry can be. And so again, you can check that box off that South Park Church has been doing that, uh, especially over the last eight months, and we look forward to continuing that. Another thing about the future of the church is that churches will radically share their space, their buildings, their campuses with the community. And that's exactly while we are rebuilding the church and building a mixed-use development with the shops and the restaurants and the apartments and the hotel, right on what was our church property. And our church is right in the middle of that. And so our whole purpose in building this new campus is to share it radically with the community, to do life together, to have the community and the church intersect. And that's why we have a you know, a philosophy now, the new campus, that everything's flex space. It might be used for this on Sunday, but on Monday it's going to be something different. On Tuesday it might be something else. And so there's no like ownership, like this is my group space and you can't use it. Right? It's flex space. We're going to, we're going to use it for whatever God needs or whatever the community needs. In phase two, we're going to build a performing arts center for the community and, 
and for the church's use as well. And so uh, we're all about radically sharing our property with the community. So check, we're doing pretty well as we look forward to the future of the church post-pandemic and currently in the pandemic. Another thing that I learned was that churches are going to need to figure out additional revenue streams uh, that we absolutely rely upon the faithfulness of the members to, to give generously to support the ministries of the church, but we also have to be creative in how we can bring in funds to fund the ministry to help reach more people for Jesus. In South Park Church, we're doing that. We created space that we will lease uh, to the community, to retail in our community. And we're going to receive income from our digital sign. We're going to lease space and time out on that sign. And we're going to also use it for church announcements in the Apex South Park community. And we have a capital reserve fund that we created. And we, we hope and pray that it continues to be an investment that, that increases in value. And so we have begun. We've started off pretty well exploring other revenue streams. They also said that uh, some churches are just going to sell some of their property uh, to, to make it and to be good stewards of their money so that we're not pouring money into big old buildings that just are money pits. And that was part of our plan. We sold part of our property and we rebuilt our church and we are going to have a bigger building than we had, a more functional, efficient building. And we then create the capital reserve fund to take care of that building in the future. And so check, we've been doing pretty good on that. And finally, uh, I think this is probably the most important one. And this is nothing new, but it's good for us to be to get back to maybe the origins of the church, is that the ministry of the church is, is shared by the clergy and the staff, the paid staff, with the laity in the congregations. That ministry has to be driven with lay members who are out in the world being ministers for Jesus. And we do have clergy like Pastor Lindsay and me and paid staff, which we have in our in our congregation. But it's not the job of the clergy and the staff to do all the ministry, right? The Bible says that we're all ministers, all of us who follow Jesus. It's a priesthood of all believers. We all have been given gifts to advance the kingdom of God in the world, to build up the church and to reach people for Jesus. And so the goal of the clergy, the goal of the staff, is not to do it all ourselves. We couldn't do it all ourselves. Pastor Lindsay and I couldn't make all the visits. We can't know everyone on a deep personal level, especially as we continue to grow as a congregation. And so it's important for the clergy and the staff to equip all of, all of the laity uh, to be able to do ministry in the church and out in the world. And we've been doing that at our congregation since the beginning, back 54 years ago. That's part of our DNA, is that we're all in this together. We all have been given gifts by God to build up the kingdom in South Park, in our community, in the world. And we're going to keep doing that. And so you know, I just came out of that seminar thinking, wow, you know, check, 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 check. Right? God has been doing so many amazing things in us and through us in the frontier. Yeah, we're excited. I'm excited. We're moving in the new campus right now. You know, this month, we're moving in the furniture, all that stuff. Next month, we're going to be moving in the people, you and me, and all that kind of good stuff, starting worship services up there. And it's going to be so much fun to celebrate that. Uh, and, and we're, we're going to get there. We are there, right? This is the final frontier, but it's more than just the campus, right? All these things that I've been talking about, over these six major things that are the future of the church, we're already living that out because of our history, right? Our 54-year history, but especially the last three and a half years in the frontier. We have started to make some of the shifts 
that are going to be integral, crucial for the church in general and South Park Church to thrive in the future. And so praise God for our time in the frontier. Who knew that it would get us ready uh, for life beyond moving back into the new camp? And so today we celebrate. This whole series has been a celebration of our time in the frontier and, and how that's coming to a close. And we're getting ready to start the next chapter in our story as a congregation and as followers of Jesus. And we've been talking in this series, kind of paralleling our journey with those of the people of Israel uh, in the Old Testament as they have been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years after being set free from slavery in Egypt by God and and now they're getting ready to come into the promised land of Israel. Their time uh, in the wilderness is over. The 40 years is over. They're moving into the promised land, just as our time, not 40 years, uh, but three and a half years in the frontier is coming to an end. We're getting ready to move into our new camp. It's not quite the promised land of heaven or Israel, but it is our promised land that we've been working towards uh, for the last really eight years. I know I've been saying seven years, but 2013 to 2020, that's eight years if you count this year in the last three and a half years in the frontier, right? So it does feel like we're arriving into a version of the promised land. And so today we just want to celebrate that. And I want to read to you from the Old Testament book of Joshua. Joshua was the leader of the people of Israel. Uh, first it was Moses, now it's Joshua. There's a whole new generation that's been born and, and grew up in the time of the wandering for the Israelites are coming into the promised land. And they're going to have to cross the River Jordan uh, it's a river in Israel, and this is going to be symbolic. And God is going to part the River Jordan for them, just like God parted the Red Sea when they came out of slavery in Egypt. And the priest, uh, the religious leaders of the people of Israel, are going to carry the Ark of the Covenant. It contains like the law, the Ten Commandments, and, and other commandments that God gave to Moses uh, it's a symbol of God's power. It's a symbol of God's presence. And they're going to carry that into the Jordan River. And God's going to stop the water so the people can walk across. And let's read that. Because people of Israel, after 40 years, are going into the Promised Land. So Joshua chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at a flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. So the people of Israel, after 40 years, now, through this miracle, cross over a dry riverbed because the river is being held back by the power of God, symbolized in the Ark of the Covenant and the priests that are standing there, and the end of the Promised Land. Earlier in our series, we, we read about what happens next. They, they all cross into the promised land. They've taken 12 stones out of the river, and they put those stones up as a memorial, one stone for each of the 12 tribes of Israel, so that people will know that God led them to the promised land through the Jordan River, just like God led them through the Red Sea. And this is a high moment in the life of the people of Israel. 
And I'm sure they, they, they took a moment and they celebrated and they rejoiced and they enjoyed the moment. And so we're going to be doing that as well. We're going to move into the campus and have our first worship services in December. We're going to cut the ribbon. Uh, we're going to celebrate and we're going to enjoy the moment. We've been working for again, eight years to get here on this specific project. Three and a half years off campus, 54 year history, and we're going to celebrate. And I know it's going to be tough because COVID's with us and our capacity is not going to be 100%. So we're going to try to have as many services uh, leading into Christmas, especially Christmas Eve, that we can to have as many people as possible be able to worship in the new campus because a lot of you indicated that you're interested in doing that in our surveys, which, by the way, watch your email this week on Wednesday. We're going to be publishing the dates and the survey results. So there's a lot of cool things to look forward to in this Wednesday's email. And also next year, whenever we're allowed to have 100% capacity in the new campus, we're going to do another big celebration and invite the bishop and, and do all kinds of fun stuff and try to get as many people to come and celebrate in person in the new campus together. And so we're just going to enjoy the moment more than once. And so I hope that you'll be able to do that in person or if, if you still need to stay at home and, and feel safer or if or if you are in another state, we want you to celebrate because you're part of what we're doing. And we're going to keep doing the digital online messaging and ministry just as we're going to do the in-person. And it's just going to be a celebration for all of us. So enjoy the moment. And what a celebration it is. Because we've come so far. Right? In 2012, when we started thinking and talking about this stuff, right, we were in a 20-year decline where we lost half the congregation. And there was no scandal, nothing bad going on. We just, like a lot of mainline denominations, had kind of lost touch with our communities. So how do we move from that to this point of moving into the new campus, this exciting uh, new model of ministry that we're trying to create for other churches and have national interest, even people from Europe who've come to, to learn about what we're doing? How do we make that shift from this slowly dying church to a, a church Let's just do an incredible things in the, in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and is on the edge of what is coming in the church post-COVID as I, I started talking about. those six shifts that we've, we've already started making in addition to all, right, all this you know, new campus stuff. And so how do we make that shift? Well, I'm going to use, interestingly enough, a Star Trek uh, analogy. You can see my Star Trek shirt. Right, space the final frontier. Think of it in these terms. If, if you ever watched the original Star Trek show, you would know that sometimes the people on the spaceship, the Starship Enterprise, would beam down to new planets to meet the new life forms and try to make peace and do all those kind of good things. And they had this transporter system where you're standing on the ship and then you beam down and all of a sudden you appear on the planet. Well, there, there became pretty quickly a running joke that if you're beaming down onto the planet from the Starship Enterprise, you never want to wear a red shirt. Uh, and this is why. I will show you a picture here. And, and you see Captain Kirk is wearing a yellow shirt. Mr. Spock and Dr. McCoy are wearing blue shirts. These are their uniforms, military uniform, science and medicine uniform. And then there's this unknown person who's wearing a red shirt. And it, it became tradition in Star Trek that whenever a party of people beamed down on the planet and violence broke out and something happened, if you're wearing the red shirt, you're the one who's going to get zapped. You're the one who's going to be toast. 
And it never happens to the stars who happen to be wearing the blue and the yellow shirts. So if you're wearing the red shirt, you're in trouble and you're just not going to make it. My shirt, Star Trek shirt, says I might not make it. And there's no way you're going to make it in the first series Star Trek. If you're wearing a red shirt, you beam down, you're toast, right? Not bacon and eggs, but toast. You are gone. You're a goner if you're wearing a red shirt. So what's the analogy to church? What, how does that work? I think when you look in America, uh, there, you know, there's been a lot of church decline in America. Uh, lots of churches closing their doors. A lot fewer people going to church. Right? It's, it's been a, a long, slow, steady decline for a lot of churches in America. Now, that doesn't mean the church is dead or God's dead. There are a lot of new churches that are growing and, and doing all kinds of things, but there has been a lot of decline, especially in the mainline denomination churches, of which we are. We're a United Methodist congregation. And so I think some of what's going on is that churches who are on the decline or even having to close their doors have really focused now more on making decisions uh, that favor those wearing the blue and the yellow shirts. In Star Trek, it was the stars. It was it was the insider group. Right? You beam down, you're in the insider group, the blue or yellow shirts, you're going to be okay. The red shirt people, they're going to be dusted, right? They're going to be toast, right? And so as we think about churches who have declined, I think churches have focused more inwardly than outwardly. And if you look at churches that are in decline, if you look at churches that have closed their doors, if you look how these churches are spending their time and spending their money, most of, most of the percentage of their time and money is spent on internal things, taking care of the people who are there, who are with us, and, and, and play, you know, catering to the desires of the people who are with us. And, and, and people who are in churches are important, don't get me wrong, but there's been a disproportionate amount of focus of resources, time, and attention, and money uh, on those who are already here, rather than focusing on those who are out in the world who don't yet know Jesus and who are not connected to a church that I'm just going to say are the ones wearing the red shirts, the ones that are not the insiders. And so I think the churches that have been in trouble, the churches that have been declining, the churches that are closing, are making more decisions, more blue shirt and yellow shirt decisions than red shirt decisions. And I think the reason that we're in the final frontier, we're getting ready to enter into our new campus with all this joy and excitement. We, we're doing a lot of things uh, that, that experts are saying we need to be doing to, to be a thriving church in COVID and after COVID is because in 2013, we made a red shirt decision. We made a red shirt decision that we, we need to start looking at not what we want and taking care of our needs, but what does the community around us need? And we were doing some of that, uh, actually doing a lot of things, but what had happened was the sharing community transformed into the South Park community, and we didn't make that shift. And so eight years ago, we decided we're going to make a big red shirt decision, and we did. And what can we do to reach the people for Christ? And one thing led to another, and the idea of the mixed-use development, of sharing our space radically, of tearing down our old building and rebuilding a, a mixed-use development with the church in the center came out of that. God gave that to us. We changed our church name. We Again, we tore down our church building. We changed the church leadership model, the church staffing model. We did mobile ministry. We went out into the community for the last three and a half years. All of our ministry has been community-based ministry, and so... We made a red shirt decision that God needs us, wants us 
to reach people who don't yet know Christ. Uh, and it's, it's not an either or, right? And in the meantime, we continue to take care of each other in the congregation. And, and I think two ways. One is that spiritually, I would say most of our congregation, that we've received salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And we're living life to the full now. We're going to live forever in the kingdom of heaven. And, and we've grown deeper through our small group studies and through our Sunday school classes and through our, our, our outreach. And, and we've taken care of each other. We, we love on each other. And when we're sick, we visit each other. We send meals to each other. We our small groups care for each other. We, we care for people in this congregation. So it's not like we stop caring for each other, but we said the focus needs to really shift beyond us and out to the South Park community and beyond to North Carolina and, and all the way to Bayonne, Haiti. So we made a lot of red shirt decisions. And it hasn't always been easy. And it's been challenging, but it's been rewarding. And I think it's what God has called us to do. And we still make yellow shirt decisions, blue shirt decisions, absolutely. But we have been reminded that the church is probably the only organization that exists, right, primarily for those who are not here yet. Right? For those who don't know Jesus, we exist to share the good news of Christ with everyone who doesn't know Christ, right, to help other people find life to the full in Jesus. I think people are looking for life to the full in the world, but they find life to the empty because they haven't yet found Jesus. And so that's why we're here. That's why we've done this project. That's why we're celebrating uh, in this series and we're getting ready to move into the new campus and to start our next chapter. And so praise God. Uh, thank you, South Park Church, for making so many red shirt decisions uh, in our time in the past eight years. Uh, it's just been amazing. And so uh, with that, I want to go right back to Scripture. I just want to look at one verse again uh, in Joshua's um, Chapter 3, drop my paper there, and uh, I want to read this to us one more time because when you read it, you, it might be easy to gloss over this because there's, there's some power in this small verse. Joshua chapter 3, verse 16, the end of that, the end of that verse. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Well, you know, that sounds okay, right? Yeah, they crossed the river, they, and it happened to be across from a place called Jericho. Well, if you've heard the story of Jericho, if you know the story of the Bible, or maybe you don't know the Bible, but you've heard about the walls of Jericho that came tumbling down, something very important here. Right? So the people of Israel cross over the Jordan River, right? across from Jericho, right, opposite Jericho, uh, which means that after 40 years of waiting to get into the Promised Land, after getting into the Promised Land and having the moment and enjoying that moment, what this means is, though, that, that the real work's just beginning. Right? The people who are in the promised land are, are resistant to God. They're resistant to the people of Israel. And the people of Israel are going to encounter people in Jericho who are going to go to war with them. And so their work really has just started. The people of Israel have been waiting 40 years to get into the promised land. They make it to the promised land. And no sooner than they get there, they get to celebrate, but now God has work for them to do. And they're going to have to go off into Jericho and continue to follow God and be faithful, to claim the land of Israel so that all the world can know the glory of God. And so just as we have been working for eight years towards this project, three and a half years off our campus, 
right, we're, we're, we're getting ready to move into the campus. We're going to celebrate that we've made it here. and we're, we're excited about what that is. We're going to enjoy the moment. We're going to enjoy more than one moment. We're going to have multiple moments to enjoy. But we're reminded by the scripture that now that we've done all this hard work at the end of 54 years and eight years and three and a half years, God's not through with us yet. And as the final frontier chapter closes, a new chapter opens, uh, and God has work for us to do. That we don't have physical battles to fight, but we have spiritual battles to fight. There are thousands of people in our community who don't have a relationship with Jesus, who are looking for life to the full and finding life to the empty because they have not yet found Christ. And so we are ready to enjoy the moment and we're going to be tempted to put our feet up and kick back and celebrate, and that's all going to be good. Uh, but we can't stay resting for too long, in fact, because God is saying to us that the real work's just ready to begin. Right? The real work is just getting ready to begin. So what? So what's the point? What's the big idea today when we look at this scripture and we see how it applies to our lives? This is what I think God's saying to us. The finish line is the starting line. The finish line is the starting line. Right? The people of Israel, excited at the end of 40 years, we have finished with that 40 years, we're entering into the promised land, Woohoo! Oh, by the way, here's Jericho. Right? The finish line is the starting line. We've been working on this project to relaunch the church for eight years, three and a half years off campus. We're moving into the new campus right now, getting ready to start worshiping there next, uh, next month. And we're saying, woo, we celebrate, enjoy the moment. We have arrived, right? The final frontier, we're entering into the, the promised land. And, and God said, that's great. That's great. We're closing that chapter. But guess what? Now the work continues, right? All those things that I started talking about in the beginning of the message, right? we got to keep doing that. we got to keep having community ministry. And we've got to radically share our space with, with the community. We're going to do digital and, and online ministry. All those things I was talking about, right? Right? The finish line is the starting line. When you finish one chapter, we start the next. God has work for us to do, and we'll be ready to go. And I think, in a way, that the pandemic might help us with this because a lot of you have not been able to serve in the ways that you were used to serving before the pandemic. For eight months, you haven't been able to be in church and to be an usher or a greeter or to set up or take down or to lead our children through Explorers Ministry. And so... I know a lot of you, are you're anxious. You've been waiting. You have eight months of energy ready to go. And I'm so excited because we've got work to do for God. And we've, we've got a lot to do in South Park. And so this is an exciting time, right? The finish line is the starting line. The finish line is the starting line. We finish one chapter, we start the next. God has great things ahead for us. And I'm glad that you're energized and some of you are ready to come back and, and to do what we need to do to help people find life to the full in Jesus. So the finish line is the starting line. So what I'd like to ask you to do as an application of this is to take the next step. To take the next step in your journey. The people of Israel took the step. They crossed over the Jordan River. They stepped into the promised land. Then they stepped towards Jericho. We are stepping out of the frontier into the new Apex South Park campus, and I need all of us, right, all hands on deck, whether you're with us in person or you're going to continue to worship remotely or, or you're in another state, we need all hands on deck. There's a role 
for all of us to play because people need the loving power of Jesus Christ. People need the loving power of Jesus Christ. There are thousands of people in our community that are thinking deep down in their hearts where they won't share with anyone else, I might not make it. I might not make it. My marriage might not make it. My family might not make it. The, uh, I might not make it economically. I might not make it in my job. I might not make it at school. I, I, my relationships might not make it. I might not be able to defeat alcoholism or drug abuse or addiction. I, I might not make it physically with my life and what's going to happen to me after I die. And we have the good news of Jesus. Finish line is the starting line. Take the next step. Well, what's the next step, Pastor Kyle? And that, that's going to be different for all of us. So I, I would just like to invite you to think and pray about taking the next step in, in, in some form or fashion to live into the three core values of our church. The first core value is transformation. God meets us where we are and helps us become something more. God helps us live life to the full. God, God meets us where we are, helps us become transformed, to become more like God every day in our lives, that we become something more, something better in our lives. And so to, how do we take a next step in transformation? Some of the ways that we grow in transformation in our church that we really encourage people to do, one of them is worshiping, like we're doing right now. And we're going to do it in person. We're going to keep doing it online and Maybe the next step for you is, is to start attending worship more consistently, or maybe more than what you're doing now. Maybe it's to join some of our worship ministries, music ministry, or our audiovisual ministry, uh, our ushers, our greeters, our, our hospitality ministry. There's so many things worship-related that we're going to need a ton of help on. We're going to have to deal with the COVID you know, precaution things. We're going we're to need a lot of help, and so maybe that's what God's calling you to do. Another way that we take a next step in in transformation is daily prayer and Bible reading. Daily prayer and Bible reading. Maybe this is the year 2021 right, that you're going to take a step in, in, in your relationship with God by trying to pray more or to pray deeply or to read more scripture, right? Together as a group or individually. You know, we did a, several sermon series on that this year. Check out our website. You can go back and see some of those things. But those are some areas to grow in our transformation. Second core value is relationships. The most important thing in life is relationships. Life is about relationships. The secret of life is relationships. Loving God and loving each other. And so maybe the next step that you take in relationships is inviting people. Inviting people to have a relationship with God and, and doing that through the church. Hey, I'd love to have you come to our online service. Hey, I'd love to have you come to our in-person service. Love for your children or students to get involved in the ministries of our church. Hey, come to this fire pit gathering. Hey, we're going to create opportunities for you to be able to invite people to. Maybe this is the year that we really become more inviting, inviting the people that we already have relationships with or new people that we meet to come and experience what we know is the truth, the power of the gospel, and some cool ways to do that. Another thing that, that we can do to grow, to take a next step in relationships, is to be active in a group in our church especially in our small group ministries, our life group ministries. Pastor Lindsay does such an awesome job with her team of, of giving us opportunities to, to get together with a group of people so that, that we go through life together and we can study the Bible together. We learn how to pray together. We can share our successes and our failures together, our fears and our hopes together. And as we grow as a congregation, it's going to be harder to know everybody. And so the way that we, we, we stay connected is through small groups, life groups, where someone knows our name and and knows if we're missing and, and cares about us. And so it's vitally important that we're part of a group, right? Join one of our musical groups, join one of our worship groups, 
We can help connect you. you know, check out our website. Again, southparkchurch.com forward slash online. It has lots of information that you can do to get involved in a group. And finally, our core value of generosity. God is a giver. We're created in God's image, so we're givers. And we're generous with our time and our money to advance the kingdom of God. So maybe a way to take a next step in following God is with, with your time. And there's two ways that we can do that. One, we can serve God outside of the church. That whether we're at school or at work or at home or in the cul-de-sac, that wherever we are, we want to work for God. We want to be kind to people. We want to be the best at our job that we can be, the best student that we can be, the best teacher that we can be, the best milkman that we can be, the best administrative assistant that we can be. Whatever we do, we do for the glory of God. And wherever we find people, we share the love of God in the way that we treat them. Also, to serve God inside the church. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. We're going to have a great need to, for people to help with our, our new Sunday morning worship ministries, especially our hospitality ministries, you know, greeting people from the parking lot to, you know, when they get in the, first get in, into the, the campus and our ushers and just there's, there's so much that we need. And there, there's two training opportunities coming up in early December. We sent that information out. We're going to send it out again, but it'd be a great way to plug in uh, because, this is the front line. This, this is where guests are going to encounter the Jesus in, in the church is through our warm welcome for the very first time. And so I think a lot of us are able to do that. And so I invite you to think and pray about that. And finally, maybe take a step in our generosity with our money. That we give God one-tenth of our wealth. And that we do that generously. And We're not legalistic about that. We don't know what you make. We're not going to ask you for what you make. Why 10%? I think 10% is a number that we talk about because it's talked about a lot in the Bible. The, the word for that is tithe. And I think God asked us to tithe, to give 10% to God through the church because 10% for most of us is a sacrifice, a huge sacrifice. It says, God, I want you to be Lord of my life, even Lord of my wallet, even Lord of my purse, Lord of my finances. Today, in fact, is our Commitment Sunday. I have invited you to think and pray about what God's calling each of us to do financially to support the ministries of the church uh, in 2021. And so we have these uh, commitment cards that were mailed out. They're also available uh, electronically through our church website. And if you have not yet had a chance to do it, I just would invite you to join Laura and me. We have talked about this. We've prayed about it. And we feel good about what we're able to commit to God next year sacrificially. And so just would invite you again to take that step in generosity to support the ministries of the church in 2021 as we are excited about what God is doing among us. And so through transformation, through relationships, through generosity, how can you take a next step for Jesus as we enter into uh, the new campus, as we enter into 2021, leaving 2020 behind? Woohoo! Right? How, how can we do that? And again, eight years ago, we made a conscious decision as a congregation to, to be a red shirt church, a red shirt decision. We're going to do everything in our power, right? holding nothing back so that we can reach our community for Jesus. And we've done that with the new campus. We've done it with the six ways that I, I started out the, the message about, about what the church is going to look like after the pandemic. And so we've been working on that. And how do we do that? I think another reason that we're able to do that is that because you and I, all of us at some point, we were in the red shirts before we knew who Jesus was. 
that we were seeking life to the full in the world and we had some good moments. We also had some hard moments. And if we're honest, we had some moments where we just thought, I don't know that I'm going to make it. I might, I, I might not make it. But then someone either invited you to church or told you about Jesus and, and you heard the good news about Christ. That Jesus, the Son of God, God Himself, just like the people of Israel crossed over the Jordan River into the Promised Land, Jesus crossed from heaven to earth. And He became a human being while still remaining God. And He died on a cross and He came back to life so that you and I can be in a right relationship with God. We can be forgiven of our sins, the wrong things that we do, our guilt and shame, that baggage that we carry around with us throughout our lives that just drags us down. God's ready to take it away and replace it with joy and peace and that we can live life to the full in Jesus on the earth and live forever in the kingdom of heaven. You talk about red shirt decision. When Jesus left heaven to come to the earth to, to suffer and die and to come back to life, that's a major red shirt decision. But thanks be to God, He did that. And He did that for you. If you've not yet received Jesus, then, then that's something I would invite you to, to consider today and to, to say, God, I want to know more about that. I, I'd like to follow you. I'd like to leave my life of, of guilt and shame and doing the wrong thing behind. And Lord, please forgive me and come and live inside of me and, and help me to experience this life to the full because that's why Jesus came. And if you feel like you're not going to make it, know that you will when you surrender to Jesus. And we can help you do that. Reach out to us. Let us know how we can help you. So many people, thousands of people in our community, people who are just like you and me, people that that you know and love, that you're friends with, wearing red shirts. And they're thinking down deep in their souls where they wouldn't admit it to anyone else. I might not make it. Our job as followers of Jesus at South Park Church is to tell them you will make it when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, welcome to the final frontier. Welcome to the promised land of the new campus. And know that the finish line is the starting line. The finish line is the starting line. So get ready to take your next step and let's keep making red shirt decisions for our community because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.